Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today, my guest is Bob Mears, a highly accomplished CEO with a history of leading several prominent companies, including Lululemon and Reebok. Currently at the helm of Better For All, a green packaging firm championing environmental sustainability, Bob brings a wealth of leadership experience to the organization. Previously, he served as CEO of Lululemon Athletica from December 2005 to June 2008, taking a small yoga apparel business to a billion-dollar international public enterprise. Before that, he served as president and CEO of Reebok. During his 15-year tenure at Reebok, the company grew from $13 million to $3.5 billion in sales. Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. For everyone listening, I just have to ask you a question. Do you want to know what separates the contenders from the pretenders, the A-list from the C-list, world champions from the world not champions? It's pretty simple. The fourth quarter in sports, more importantly, for a lot of the people listening here in business, finishing strong is key. Now, HubSpot's new sales hub is the software that you need for your sales and your sales team to win Q4. You could be a solopreneur. You could own and run a larger business. Regardless, if you are selling anything to anyone, which I think a lot of the people who are listening to this are, you need to check out Sales Hub. So there is a new prospecting workspace. There's revamped deal management tools. There's smart sequencing. Sales Hub is loaded with everything you need to turn leads into prospects and then convert those prospects into customers. With Sales Hub, you have the right information at the right time to build better relationships, which means closing deals has never been easier. So this Q4, give yourself and your team the tools to win big with HubSpot Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com sales. Yeah, I would say that uh, I don't look upon myself as uh, a contrarian or even a wild and crazy guy. So my entrepreneurial, my, my entrepreneurial itch really uh, had a couple of inflection points. One, really early in my career, 
um, I was in the audience of when um, the head designer of Porsche was up explaining what he did for a living. And he was very emphatic about saying, <clears throat> I do not design cars, I design speed. And he put a 911 up on the screen and he said, and that's what speed looks like. <laughs> and that was like an aha moment for me that said, if you can develop product that actually have attributes that the consumer is looking for, then you're not relying on fashion, but function will be the fashion that will dictate your product. The second was more recently, a few years ago now, but McDonough wrote a book on cradle to cradle. And as a businessman, every time we did a, we did a budget, we were always looking to reduce waste, reduce cost, reduce this and reduce that. And he said, don't reduce, eliminate. And I thought, think, think, started thinking to myself with whether it was Reebok or whether it was Lululemon or whether it was other ventures that I had been on, how much waste I had put into the, uh, into the world. And then I started thinking to myself, if there were a way to combine function as fashion with a way to eliminate waste, then, you know, I think I would have finished my business career successfully. And I guess that's that's ultimately what led to better for all. And I think that it's very interesting to look at your view on business and what success is earlier on in your career and how that's changed to a degree as you've progressed in your career. And you've had an incredible career. I mean, you so just to name the companies that are the notable companies. And I'm sure when there's notable companies, the whole bunch of other experiences that, that you've gone through. But I mean, Lululemon, CEO, Siratech, uh, CEO, uh, Reebok, CEO. So an incredible list of companies. Walk me through the perception of how you like to build a business then and what is most important versus, you said the second inflection point, the reducing the waste. What is the, the most important thing that you now value when you're building? Well, I, I, I look for, first of all, most of, my, most of my business career has been spent in the athletic industry, whether it be in sports or fitness. And that is an incredibly dynamic industry. Product is always changing. Athletes are always changing. The spear of the arrow is always changing in terms of what's generationally relevant, and you really need to be on your game. So what I, what I just intuitively um, look for is, is there a consumer movement? Is there something happening in the world that's going to happen with me, without me, and it is looking for a solution? That's number one for me. The second thing I look for is product. Is there a product being demanded that is not being fulfilled? Certainly in sustainability, um, there's an opportunity to have reusable, not single use. There's an opportunity to have compostable, not recyclable. And there's an opportunity to have renewable, not using up natural resources. There's the opportunity for the product there. The next thing is to make sure that you have an ample supply of the material you need to make your product successful. 
and that and that requires um, size and scale, and then manufacturing in terms of size and scale, and then you have to have the right people. You have that, you've got yourself a successful operation. Now as a CEO, you really have to have a clear vision that you can articulate. You need to put the right people in the right spots. You have to set the pace, and then it's your responsibility to get the roadblocks out of the way, whether it's capital or internal discussions. Once you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to have a successful business. I love that. And one thing that I think I want to pull out of you, because I thought it was very interesting, and you refer to yourself as an entrepreneur. I agree with that. But maybe somebody who's listening is thinking, he's worked in all these C-suite positions, entrepreneur, what do you mean? So do you believe that you're an entrepreneur? Do you believe that a CEO is an entrepreneurial role, or the best CEOs have to be entrepreneurial? Yeah, I'm not sure I do see myself as an entrepreneur. I see myself as liking to write the rules of a business as opposed to managing someone else's rules. So I, I would pretty have entrepreneurial. to say, <laughs> I have to say that, you know, whether I did not found Reebok, I, I came in, the company was relatively small and was able to work with it and help it grow to a multi-billion dollar international company and make lots of acquisitions and mold those acquisitions into a, into a group of high-performing companies. Same thing with Lululemon. You know, it was there. It was successful in Vancouver. It had its own issues in terms of the ability to manufacture product, get the right kind of fabric, put the right people in place who could actually scale the business. And, and be successful in the United States, come out of the Canadian marketplace. But um, I enjoy that because there was a consumer movement in yoga, there was a consumer movement in, um, in Reebok's early stages, running and then aerobics that, um, that we were able to tap into and then, and then produce product that moved from being foot covering to a performance-enhancing piece of equipment, or a peril that was a gray T-shirt to a performance-enhancing piece of um, uh, equipment that you wear on your body, um, and that—that that to me is where I get my enjoyment is is allowing uh, people to reach, you know, make a difference in the products they make. I'm not a price guy. I I, I don't think I've ever been involved in a business successfully where I had to rely on being the low-cost guy. I, I like innovation. I like the function is fashion yeah. and let people really gravitate to that. I, I think that personally, I think it's super entrepreneurial. That mindset is very entrepreneurial. And, and I think there's also different kinds of CEOs, but the way that you've positioned yourself, you see the future like you see the consumer shifts and that's actually how you've been very successful and i'm very curious how do you identify those because you mentioned a few times even with even with sustainability as a major consumer shift and in, in the past roles as well consumer shift and riding that wave is something that you have to identify how do you do it successfully repeatedly there's a playbook somehow well you know the the um the cons the, the difference between a fad and a consumer movement 
is you start seeing it being picked up in um, products trying to associate with it. There, there's influencers. And, um, and so, you know, I, I kind of um, look for, you know, who's, associate, who's trying to associate themselves with this particular movement that doesn't make, you know, natural sense. But in the, in the case of sustainability, you don't have to look far. We're in a crisis. Mm-hmm. This is not a matter of um, uh, me finding a movement. It is, um, it is a movement searching for an answer. And this is global. It is, not, it is not something that's in Canada. It's not something in the United States. It's everywhere. So you, you, you see this and you see that there's an opportunity there. And you're right. It's, not, it's, it's a problem as opposed to just an opportunity. It's something that most businesses should be focused on, but ultimately not, not all are. Not all are as focused on it as, as, as what you're doing. Like the business model, the, the, the thesis of the business focuses on sustainability. So there is the opportunity there. So say, say you're a business leader and what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to effectively tap into this movement, but also make it part of your core business. So it's not just a nice to have, but it's actually integral in how you build out your processes and you build out your product and you communicate with your customers. So for example, for better for all, you focus on sustainability as a, as a, as a key component of your business. How do you do that effectively? Well, I mean, you, first of all, you, with sustainability, you don't have to look very far. You, you've, got, you've got the tip of the spear being the Gen Z population mm-hmm. that is 88% of them, according to McKenzie, <laughs> uh, just think companies are blowing smoke in terms of they're trying to ease their way into sustainability or trying to use solutions that already exist that really are not sustainable. You've got 40% of that same population who's making decisions on what companies they purchase and what companies they support based on that company's commitment to the climate, commitment to the planet, and commitment to sustainability. That to me is a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at what companies are pushing, they're pushing um, old solutions. There, there is no recycling. You know, let, let's, be, let's be candid, there's 5% or less of recycled product goes into recycling and then the recycling process in terms of sorting is so labor intensive that even a smaller portion of that gets recycled. People are tired of single use. They really want reusable, but not reusable forever. They're looking for reusable to they want to get rid of it. But when they want to get rid of it, they want it to disappear in a reasonable amount of time. And then they look, what's this product made of? Am I depleting the planet's natural resources? So, you know, from my standpoint, in terms of whether you're talking to an entrepreneur, why fight it? The mm-hmm. consumer who has actually influenced the generation above them, the generation below them, and actually is leading it, is making a demand that is not going to go away. Do you think so they get out of the way and, and make it happen? Do you think people fight it because they're concerned about it's complicated, it's expensive? 
like all the regular pushback, like the, the, this is already difficult for me to figure out. I'm just trying to build a basic business. I don't have to add layers of complexity onto it just to play a devil's advocate. What are the reasons why somebody wouldn't do this? Why availability? Um, I, I know we, we took a look when we first started the business uh, packaging. Yeah. You know, yeah, packaging is, um, is, a, is, is sitting right there, but now you're the product, now you're the item that you tear away to get at the product you bought. And, and now what do you do with it? Now the ideal thing is to have, have the, the um, product um, disappear in a reasonable amount of time. But what, what we chose to do with Betterfall, and we make a cup, so we make a variety of cups because one, it's universal, they're used all over the world. Number two, they're, nine, they're used normally in a celebratory way, either with a cup of coffee or a cold drink or an or a adult beverage. And, that, that, and it's big, so there's a big opportunity. I was thinking, I was looking last week or, or, or recently at just the red cup. You know, they're yeah. producing 7.4 billion a year. Wow. units a year and I think to myself if if you can just take a percentage of that business you're going to have an impact on the planet not not take them away from it just have an impact so why would a company go against it I've, I've run into this myself this this will be a, a Reebok story so we had enormous success bringing out a line of shoes designed for aerobics and we expanded around that those items with soft garment leather white product and and they they were very very successful your success becomes your anchor because you're so busy filling the demand you're not innovating behind that demand and more importantly you're not coming with the car of the future and so consequently we peaked we started to go down, and then we needed to come out with something that fit consumer demand. So we came out with the pump. And the consumer was saying, loud and clear, no differently than sustainability, I want a product that gives me more support. I want a product that gives me protection. I want a product that gives me custom fit. I go back to my days with the Porsche guy, and I take a look at the pump shoe, and I said, does that shoe give you support protection and custom fit? And is it unique enough looking that it lo doesn't look like everything on the market? And that thing saved Reebok's butt. So I, I look at companies, why are they resisting it? Candidly, it might be because they don't have time to look at something or it's not readily available mm -hmm. um, in, in what they're doing. Or even worse than that, that we're going to require them retooling. And, and um, yeah. You know, I, I would say it's more expensive not to change than it is to change. You know, and that's not a euphem euphemism. Uh, I, I've, I've been in the seat where you held on and turned the lights out on the industry. Um, and that, that is not a fun thing to do. That's expensive. You know, one thing that you've done very well across, again, all the companies is, and you mentioned this briefly at the beginning, <coughs> you've, it's never been a race to the bottom. You focus on building a product that can command a price point in the market that allows you to create the best possible product and that gives you margin to allow you to conduct business in a different way. So if, for example, a sustainability-focused company, say 
the product isn't as cheap. I'm assuming that the the cogs on that product is slightly more than a non-sustainable product. But you've built brands that support that business model effectively so that you can charge for a product that's a little bit more expensive to make or produce. Even And I don't even know. I could be incorrect. It could be totally the same and happy to have that conversation. But the point I'm making is, as, a, as somebody who's done this repeatedly, how do you build that brand that, that allows for that price point in the market, that allows for buyers to be okay spending a premium, uh, premium amount of money on whatever you're selling? I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show, and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money, and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins, and I've been there, juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Today's show is brought to you by 1Password. Now listen, we all have that one friend who's constantly forgetting passwords and needing help to get into their accounts. I have a solution, it's called 1Password. 1Password is the award-winning password manager trusted by millions of users and companies like IBM and Slack to keep logins, credit cards, and other private info safe in an encrypted vault that only you can access. No more sticky notes with passwords or using the same password everywhere. I've been using 1Password for a year now and I can't recommend it enough. It saves me time from having to reset passwords and gives me peace of mind knowing my info is secure. With convenient features like automatic password generation and login autofill, 1Password takes the hassle out of passwords. You can use it on all your devices, iOS, Android, Mac, PC, everything syncs seamlessly. And with top-notch security audits and encryption, your data stays private. So do yourself a favor and check out 1Password today Go to onepassword.com slash Clary and get a two-week free trial. Let 1Password remember all of your logins for you so you can remember what really matters. That's onepassword.com slash Clary for two weeks free. I just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. 
Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to answer out of both sides of my mouth. All right, I, go for it. <laughs> I think to answer your I think, I think to answer your uh, um, your question in a short answer is who influences the buyer? You know, who how do you how do you influence the influencer so that you get your your um, trendsetter putting the product, taking the product, you get the early adopter taking the product, you get the general population to get in the product and the pyramid builds. <clears throat> and so you're always looking for, do I influence through my yoga instructor? Do I influence through my coach? Do I influence through my school? Do I influence, influence through my team? But how do I influence somebody? Um, the other one is coming out of the other side of my mouth. You can't price this product based on cost because the, you look at the tech industry they've taught us anything with Amazon or you take a look at Tesla you've got to price it to where you get you get you can get the volume you can get the efficiency you can get the raw material cost down and you get the accesses to cross at some time in reasonable future but you're pricing the product at a slight premium not an obscene premium and, and, and you keep your operating expenses at variable expense rather than fixed. So you, you gotta, you got to look at what business am I in. We've chosen to be in the design, development, and marketing business. Now what we look for, do we have experts in source and material? Do we have experts in manufacturing? Do we have experts in uh, social media and marketing and, and advertising and promotion? that we can access so that our expenses are variable and we don't make them fixed until we actually have the top line revenue and margins to be able to support the company. So I'm not, I would advise people don't bury a company in fixed expenses that are not your core business. Um, and, and, and walk me through, because we've, you know, we've spoken about all the benefits of sustainability and they're, they're, they're quite obvious. And even from a business lens, it seems like it's a it's a no brainer, but there's obviously challenges or uh, like like significant challenges outside of just access. So, what are some other challenges that you experienced in in Better for All that maybe you wouldn't have experienced in in any of the other businesses that you've worked in? Um, well, everything. I w I would have to say that I am a newbie. <laughs> I'm a newbie to sustainability. I, uh, we, our lead product is a woman named Reagan Kelly. She has converted me. She is non-compromising. She studies the business. She lives it, breathes it, sleeps it, eats it, drinks it, and uh, and convinced me that you know this is the way we want to go. We don't want to be what people tear off to get or what they buy. We want to be what they buy. Mm -hmm. And so now, what do we? What do we have to do? We had to find a material, but but all the manufacturers, <clears throat> who and the only way to make money in manufacturing is keep your machines producing product. We had to find somebody who was willing to experiment with a material that didn't operate like plastic. 
that required a different mold, that, that you know, um, you couldn't jam in there. It, yeah. it, it, we didn't even know if we could make it. And so we had to find a manufacturer that was as committed to su sustainability as we were and give us the time to experiment. It took us a couple of years. And, 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 we, and we refused to put in fillers. We refused to put in any kind of contaminant. And we refused to put in any, anything that would contaminate the release of the product from the, from the mold. And, um, you know, candidly, it took us a couple of years to get about 70% there. And then we were able to really get the attention. So we were able to get the attention of uh, a material called PHBH. And that is a product that is made from fermented vegetable oil. And it was made 20 years ago by a Japanese company called Konica. It's fabulous. It has a great range of, of heat tolerance. It's pure. It does, it, it, composts commercially, it composts at home, it composts in the water, it composts in a landfill. It was just what we needed to do. The factory that bought that now we work with is uh, Westfield Tech Tech. And Westfield has 18 factories around the United States. So we now are in a position where we can have the capacity of the material and the capacity of the manufacturer. I, I don't want to say we begged, but it came close <laughs> to getting them to take us seriously. And, and thank God they looked at it and they said, you know, we've been asked, our company, our customers have been asking for 10 years for something like this. Hmm. We'll give you the ability to refine this. And, um, and damn it, we've pulled it off. And, uh, and now we can make a product that people would be proud to put on their shelf, reuse, discard, yeah. no matter when they discard it, and, and it'll disappear in a maximum six months. We got to do a better job. Like, I mean, you're, even though sustainability is not a new concept, you are kind of paving the way for it because even that seven plus year experience, how many entrepreneurs would have not made it that far? You know this game. This is seven years of even trying to figure out manufacturing for most people is like, okay, no, never mind. White flag, hands up, I'm done, I'm out. So we have to do a better job. Yeah, no, I, I'm lucky. I got, I got a family support. My wife um, refuses to let me go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our family just is is relentless about trying to find a solution to it. So good to have support at home. Yeah. My wife and I are fortunate enough to be able to afford it. So Yeah, well, yeah, I think we, that's the point. And, but that's that's a good point, too. So the people that can afford to put the energy and the effort in, those are the people that really have to lead the way. Because if not, you're, you're SOL on building a company like this, which is very, that's a sad, that's a sad thing. Yeah, no, it's... You've got, you've got to, the, the companies, companies now are, I would have to say this, I, I, I now have access to large companies that are just saying we have to make this move. The consumer's pushing us. Yeah. They're making a decision. We can't, you know, I, I don't want to say fight it. We can't um, 
half-hearted. I'm yeah. trying to pick the right word without having to get um, censored. Um, <laughs> we, we, we have to... We have to we have to go all the way, and and what solutions we've been putting out there are twenty percent there, fifty percent yeah. there, sixty percent there, but they're not a hundred percent there. And and the materials to go a hundred percent there are available, and uh, and I would say that the manufacturing of these materials will hit scale in the next three years, and then you're going to see prices come down and availability be good. That's why Conica taking us on was so important because they do have the capital resources and capacity to be able to allow us to reach our full potential. And Westfall has the financial resources and capacity to make enough product to fill the demand. We're just fortunate to be, um, uh, to have, have them believe in us. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, as you all know, the Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. There are incredible podcasts in this network. One of my favorites that you have to check out if you don't know this podcast, you're kind of sleeping on it, the Gold Digger podcast hosted by Jenna Kutcher. This podcast has been around for a minute. Jenna is an OG in the podcast game. The Gold Digger podcast helps you discover your dream career with productivity tips, social strategies, business hacks, inspirational stories, interviews, and so much more. Please go check out the Gold Digger podcast hosted by Jenna Kutcher wherever you get your podcasts. I'm very curious as you take this to market. I mean, now you're, you're, you're literally on a trip to speak to some buyers now, but as you take this to market, is there anything that you do differently now in 2023 to take a product to market, to take a sustainable product to market, is it existing retail channels is the best way to go? Is it direct to consumer? There's a whole bunch of different channels we can go after. What's your advice for taking this product to market? Well, you mean my product? Your product, yeah. I mean, I mean that's why I asked. Yeah. Like, could it be yeah. advice yeah. in general or sustainable specific advice? You take it, however you want to take it. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go after. We go after stadiums. We go after concerts. We go after theme parks, we go after airlines, we go after cruise lines, we go after that closed environment where they can collect the product and put it in the right spot. I got you. As sir. far as direct to consumer goes, we are working to find the right partner to go to to work with. You know, we're, we I can't talk about the co the companies we're talking to, but you know, we're looking at. Um, a, a, a good beer company, a large beer company that has the ability to put this cup line right alongside of where beer or other beverages are sold. We're looking at um, um, a large concert company that has the opportunity to put it at festivals or at concerts or in, and then we're looking at a large uh, multimedia organization that has the ability to put it in stadiums and put it in you know, any kind of um, social event in and around um, an athletic competition. And, and those for us would be the way for to go. Candidly, I don't think we had the right product. I think we would have done ourselves some harm trying to go out and meet with people on a product that they would find, well, it doesn't do this. Because our product now passes 
the dishwasher test. It passes um, temperatures up to 220 degrees. It pa passes temperatures down to 32 degrees. It, you know, it, it has the ability to not change the taste of a mm. beverage when it goes into it. All, all of those things we couldn't have pulled off two years ago. So that's an interesting point too. It seems like a couple lessons out of that. I mean, you have to make sure even if you have an MVP or that minimum viable product, it's still good enough so that a consumer can use it. Because if it doesn't pass those tests that you were talking about two years ago, then obviously you put something into the market that may not be picked up well and may not be received well, which obviously that's a missed opportunity. But also it's interesting because I see a lot of consumer products go to market through all these direct-to-consumer channels, but even your view towards taking something to market, it's all about, again, going into an ecosystem and there's scalability involved in your direct-to-consumer into your take-to-market approach. It's not like you throw up a Shopify store, you go on Amazon and you start selling widgets. And it feels like there's some wisdom around how you look at commercializing a product that I think is lost because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs try this quick and fast, put it up on Amazon, put it up on Shopify, try and sell it out. That's not that's never been the thing that you were looking at doing. Why is it that you look you for these know. right? Like you look for these very big opportunity. You want to go to consumer, you're working with a partner, joint venture, beer company, whatever that company is. So you look at commercialization very different than a lot of the new up and coming entrepreneurs that I speak with. Why would that be? Well, say that again, please. Oh, sorry. No, I just said you, you look at how you commercialize a product in a much different way than many of the entrepreneurs that I see that are building out consumer products. I was curious why. Yeah, I, I, well, the, the beauty is this, is that the, the technology exists today <laughs> to um, go directly to the consumer and communicate with it directly to the consumer in so many different ways than the old business model. So don't use the old business model. <laughs> and that, you know, and don't fall in the trap of, well, well, Sally did it, so I'm gonna do it. And I, I, I think that the, the, the right thing to do is make sure your product delivers on the promise you're gonna, you're gonna make about that product. If, if, if that product has the attributes that you're going to claim, mm -hmm. make sure it has it before you go to market. And um, don't rush it out there. Because if you land that one key product, I'm going to give you a little example. I apologize for pontificating. Go for but it. When I, first went, when, I, when I first went to Lululemon, almost 89% of the sales were in uh, uh, the pant, in a very heavy sweatshirt that was that was incredibly popular in Canada. When you go there, you say, "Gee, you should be selling three tops to every pant. You should be selling two bras to every pant. You should be selling at least one or two jackets to go to and from. You should be able to sell um, uh, what you do when you leave yoga. You should be able to sell headbands, wristbands, sweatbands, socks. You should be able to sell." men's gear and you build a company off of that key product but that key product has to work you 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 can't take that product for granted because nobody's going to buy three tops if the pants stinks or nobody's going to buy 
two bras if the pants stink. So you got to have your key product uh, deliver on on its promise. I, I love that. Uh, I think that's the little off on a tangent. No, no, no. It's good. Well, I'll tell you why that's so important. That advice is so important because so many people, so many new entrepreneurs, they create ten products, and they create ten products for ten different customer types and customer personas and they just push them all into the market and they're like, well, hopefully something sticks. But then it's like yeah. a half-ass effort, a half-ass effort, excuse me, at 10 different SKUs, right? And that doesn't work. You take any successful company, and I, I'm going to say Ford, I'm going to say Apple, I'm going to say anybody, it's a single product. Yeah. It's your key product. And you, it's it's your campfire, and then you push out from the campfire, and you don't get so far away that you lose the heat of that campfire, and you're gonna have you'll build your business off of keeping that the best product you know. You take a Coca-Cola, it it's the campfire that that starts around the single product. I, I I don't care what I use, the example is gonna be there. The whole idea of your sales force or the buyer saying give me something I can say no to is a waste of time, energy, and resources. Make that one key product the best you can make it. Um, when, you look at, when you look at Better For All, you have your key product that you're taking to market now, but in the sustainability space, where do you see the future of a company like this going? Where do you see other things that Better For All could tackle? Yeah, so I mean, it's easy to take a look at, at cups and different sizes, different colors, different shapes. It's easy to see the accessories like straws and lids and utensils. But when you take a look in the consumer packaged goods market and you take a look at detergent dispensers, you take a look at caps for uh, any kind of a bottle, you take a look at um, the opportunity to have single... Um, use cereal things yes yeah yeah <laughs> bowls or you know that 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 you buy off the shelf or or you take a look at um uh you know something like a yogurt cup those are all opportunities for better for all so the better for all container line is within the scope of our um, strategic intent and and when you one more question just about consumer behavior um, you've touched on it a few times, but when you actually build out a sustainability company, um, talk to me about how that resonates with today's consumer, with a younger generation. What does that actually mean for them? Because we touched on they care about products, they care about packaging, they do care, but how much do they really care? Do you have data points? Do you have stats? Do you, I mean, you're building a whole company in this space. I'm very curious about what the what the person the average person cares about now with where they buy their product which companies they interact with and to what degree does that sort of influence their their yeah. buying decisions when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply
Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. I think there's enough data points to give me comfort that if you build it um, successfully, there's a market there for it. But I would say that if you take somebody um, with my background and the tendency to market to them, they don't want to be marketed to. <laughs> they want to discover. <laughs> they, 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 the, the, the younger customer who is going to influence purchases, 40% of them are going to buy from a company that has values that match theirs, that has a stand on philanthropy or a stand on climate or sustainability. 40% of a whole market, you know, 88% of them want to be told the truth. I can't get 88% of the people to agree what day today is. That's a, that's a big business opportunity. Yeah. And so, you know, when you take a look at that, and then you say, well, how am I going to influence them? The answer is they don't, they don't want to be influenced. They want to discover. So just use the vehicles available to you to allow them to discover you. Don't be afraid to sample. Don't be afraid to show up um, at an event where people, you know, the people who run companies have an opportunity to go, oh my God, this, this, I'm drinking a, a drink out of something that is going to be a dust in, in 45 <laughs> days when I get rid of it. It's, it's, it's there. Oh, I could use that as a, as a cereal bowl, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I apologize for saying over again. The cereal bowls, no, no, you're fine. But the point is, the whole way to market now has changed. The whole way to yes. to get in front of the audience, it's like a pull as opposed to a push. Yeah, no, it, it, they're going to discover you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to repost you. They're going to, it's going to happen by you just getting out there, but you're not gonna tell them what to buy. In, in fact, this, what did I say? It was, McKenzie said 88% just yeah. don't believe company marketing messages. So don't market message, you know, just deliver on your promise and let people let people discover it. It happens quick, but, um, you know, it, but I, I, I would say this, and, and I say this with confidence because I'm taking a look at the companies that are testing us right this second in terms of bringing us to market in, in a big way. 
these are big companies, so this is not something that I'm talking into a tunnel. Um, th this is, th this is um, the, a message that has already gone out and been heard loud and clear. Um, and, you know, yeah, we got to go through the testing and it's too early to break out the champagne and caviar, but, but it is not something where you're having to um, open up a lemonade stand. Um, the, these are big companies that are taking it very seriously. I want to I want to pull out some last entrepreneurial business insights from you for people that are trying to build their own thing. But before I pivot into into those questions, I just wanted to give you a chance. Um, is there anything that you wanted to bring up? Some final thoughts on sustainability or better for all that we didn't go into? Uh, no, I feel like I've. I feel like I hope I've stayed on point. I I I, I don't want don't give me a chance to talk. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. I appreciate it. No, um, no, no. Just just keep me on point. Good, good. No. Um. Okay. So just a couple. You know, because the the range of size of company that you've been an operator in has been from relatively early stage. I mean, even even with Better for All and and some of the past companies, you grew them from point A to to multi-billion dollar. As a CEO operator, how does your mindset have to shift from when you're starting out, even pre-revenue, to when you're managing a billion dollar company? Oh, it's, it's light years. It, it, it's, um, so starting a company out, you're a Pied Piper. You're, you're enrolling people in, in a vision. You're enrolling people in your beliefs. You're, you're encouraging people to take risks and put their integrity and put their um, reputations on the line to follow you. When you're a billion dollar company, you're serving different masters. You're, you're, you're forcing, you're making sure that your R&D is well-funded so you have the next generation of product coming, or, or, or you're going to be riding this thing down the other side of the roller coaster. You're making sure that you're um, always um, recruiting and retaining the best and the brightest, and, you, and you're rewarding them, not just with money, that, 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 that is, I think is, number five, six, seven in what people value in working for a company, but you're, you're staying true to their beliefs and you're rewarding them as being part of a successful organization. And of course, you're making sure that the people who put their hard-earned money um, to help you be successful, whether it be a factory that you don't own, but you control their destiny because now you're a big piece of their business, Mm -hmm. is in fact in good financial conditioning or that you know anybody that relies on you to be successful has an idea of what you're doing next so that they can do their planning on hiring and and that includes your retail partners as well as um, um, your box manufacturer <coughs> that's very different because now now you've got a number of people you've got you've created jobs around your company and those those companies are relying on you, you know, 
not putting them out of business. That's a different kind of a motivation. And I'm, I'm curious because I think a lot of, a lot of companies, they have a CEO from, you know, zero to 10 million, then maybe they'll have a better or different executive for 10 to a hundred, then they'll have a different executive post IPO, but you've run the gamut. What's your best advice for being able to operate at all those different stages effectively? People get the best and the brightest and, and, and cover their back, <laughs> make sure, make sure you let them use their whole brain. You go through life and what you look back upon with the most pride is the problem you solved that you, that people didn't think you could solve. And, and you, you've got to, you've got to be, you've, you've got to make sure that you're giving the signal to the team that you're still committed to win and you're going to put mm -hmm. the best players on the field in the right position and you're going to hold people accountable. Um, I, I think one that. thing that Lululemon did really, really well <clears throat> was um, having people buy into owning their own responsibility, responsible for their own action, and setting goals, but not goals that went in the back, bottom drawer that were posted on a bulletin board. And, and my goals were posted on a bulletin board. And it was my personal goals, it was my financial goals, it was my, you know, my business goals, my personal goals, my financial goals, one year, three years, five years, and they were there for everyone to see in their good old glory. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was brilliant. That was really, really cool. I, in I fact, even years after I left Rebecca, I had, I had one, of the, one of my goals was to uh, mentor young people you know, starting their own business. And I would get this call from somebody in the, you remember me? I'm yeah. starting a business. I know you have that goal. I said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, now you, gotta, <laughs> now you got to answer the email, answer the phone. You, you can't BS. You can't. What do, what do they want me to say? you gotta, you got to make it real. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right, so I have, I have two questions that I ask everyone at the end. But before I ask those last two questions, I just want to give you the opportunity. Where should you send people? What's social for, for yourself, for Better For All, website, anything that you, uh, where you want to send people so they can go find out more? About us? About you, yeah. yeah. The, about us, yeah. No, better for, better for all one word, dot co. Um, okay, perfect. And, and in there, you're going to find... Um, you know, you're going to find how to get in touch with us. Um, you know, Catherine Kelly will answer. She's fabulous. She's going to answer within 24 hours. Reagan Kelly is going to answer any questions on product. And then we're going to be able to answer any questions on can you make this or can you make that. Um, and I think that, that that's the right place to go. Betterforall.co, C-O. Perfect. Okay. Um, one question that I always like to ask somebody, because you've had such an incredible career, um, what would be one lesson that you would tell your 20-year-old self? Say it again. Oh, one, one lesson that you would tell your 20-year-old self. Stay enthusiastic. Don't <laughs> live to... in the past. Just, just stay enthusiastic. And then, again, incredible career, multiple seasons to your career at this point in your life, 
What does success mean to you personally? Bring a product to market that's going to help <laughs> help the world. I, I, I would have to look back at the amount of plastic I personally have been responsible for putting in the world. And um, the problem in making a product that is supposed to last forever is that it lasts forever. And um, I, if, if, we can land, if we can land this one and bring this fabulous material and, um, and manufacturing to the world, I know we can help. It checks all the boxes. It, it really works. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.